Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Welcome back to the Real Food, Real Conversations podcast. I am so pumped about my show today. Um, This is episode 55, and I think it's a lucky number because we have some amazing guests today. I actually have two guests today. This is the first time I've had two guests, and it's super fun. It'll be even more coffee chat-like, but we are going to be talking about vegan vending machines, the mission behind it, and I'm just pumped that this is a thing that's happening overall. Um, who do you who wants to start? Gabriella, you want to start with introducing yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Gabriella Rubin. I'm from Staten Island, New York. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm the co-founder of VegMe. Uh, yeah, Ari. Awesome. My name is Aurelia Kamak, but my friends know me as Ari. That's what I go by. I'm also co-founder and owner of VegMe LLC, and I am from Brooklyn, New York. Awesome. awesome. I love it. Two New Yorkers. This is going to be super fun. Yep. <laughs> I know it's actually funny because my husband and I, when we first started dating and kind of got serious, our first trip together was to New York city. And Ooh. Oh my God, we had the best time. We even went in the winter, which is crazy because we are both Southern California, like pretty much born and raised. Um, I, you know, I'm not a good person with the cold, but we had the best time in the like crazy winter in New York. It was so much fun. I, we still have pictures up in our house of that trip. So. Oh, wow. That's amazing. New York is, is a good time. It really is. There's so much to do, so much to explore. You really can't get bored. No, no. It was opposite of Southern California in a way. Yeah, I but, mean, there's definitely, there's definitely like places that are really crazy. But in general, we live kind of in a little coastal town. It's definitely more chill and like, but I'm Greek and people always think I'm from New York because I kind of have a loud mouth. I'm, you know, <laughs> it's like the Greek culture is not really the chill cultures. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I definitely felt a New Yorker vibe from you. <laughs> so That's funny you say that. Yeah. Straight um, up in your face. That's how the Greeks are. Just going to tell it right to you. Totally. Exactly. Yeah, tell it like it is, but the love is there. The love is uh-huh. very strong. 100%. You know? And so is the food. The food is there. If you're not hungry, don't worry. We're just going to make you a quick snack, which looks like Thanksgiving. It's totally fine. <laughs> hey, you have no choice. You have to eat. <laughs> yes. That's totally. not so funny. Totally funny. Um, which I just, I, let's jump into talking. I really am so excited to hear about this whole vegan vending machine, like how it came about, where you guys started with this. Um, you told me a little bit about your mission, but why don't you guys tell everybody, like, take us from the beginning, like where and how and why did you guys start doing this? Absolutely. All right. So, I mean, we can jump into a little bit about VegMe. So VegMe is a vegan and all-inclusive vending machine. So it's designed to provide snacking regardless of your dietary restrictions or ethical beliefs. So that's the basis of what we started from. And then we decided to expand it from there. So we include options that are vegan, gluten-free, kosher, soy-free, non-GMO, organic, and we plan on expanding that list. Um, And that's basically how and what the machine consists of. 
Gab, if you want to add. Yeah, and everything is clearly labeled. Uh, we wanted to make it very easy for people to have options. So each snack is clearly labeled. And I guess more so what you were asking, Sophia, is how we came up with this concept. So Ari has always been an entrepreneur. Her mind has always gone in these places, finding, looking for these niches. And I'm an, I'm an accountant, so at the time that Ari came up with the vegan vending machine idea, I was working long hours in the office, uh, and I realized once like, it hit a late point, there was no cafes open. I'm vegan, my friend eats kosher, my other friend eats gluten-free, and my other friend is allergic to peanuts. So there was no snacking options for us, and I was like, okay, I, I want to based to, you know, to add to Ari's idea of vegan vending machines, which I thought was brilliant. I was like, we should do vegan, but also all inclusive for everybody. And just from there, we just, it skyrocketed. We're like, we want to turn this into a global mission, you know, to save animals, stand up for human rights and help people create income, uh, which is what, what we've begin to begin, begun to create. I love yeah. that. I mean, the the thing where you said like inclusive for everyone, it's it's like that kind of like just touched my heart because I, so we changed our diet for my husband's um, health reasons. He had some heart problems and um, he had him his whole adult life. But when we had two kids back to back, not on purpose, my, fir my first two are 15 months apart, um, <laughs> his stress level went up shockingly um, and his medication was not working anymore. And he had a new cardiologist who said, you know, hey, I happen to work with some people through dietary changes. If you're open to that, let me know. And my husband came to me and he's like, I want to do this. I'm, I'm done feeling like crap. I need to change. And that is how we started eating mostly plant-based, you know, because we had two babies. I was mostly the cook and I felt like crap because I just had two babies back to back. So I mm -hmm. just said, let's do this. Um, and pretty much we've been mostly plant-based ever since, but I have recently found out in the last um, few years is that um, I, so I went into early menopause. I'm only um, for, turning 44 in July, but I'm in post-menopausal now, but my body really changed as I went through the menopause process and I can no longer do gluten. I mean, it, it has like a wreck on my body. So it's been, while we choose to eat mostly plant-based, we don't eat a hundred percent plant-based. Like we, we're both anxiety driven. So like when we go out, we choose not to worry too much about it, but gluten is not a choice for me. It's like, I have to do it. And there's been, you know, times where I just, I feel so it's interesting when you have, you do have to do a certain thing or you choose to do a certain thing, how different you can really feel because mm -hmm. of these things that have to happen in your life or you know, maybe you just don't choose it. Maybe it's just like, for me, like I didn't, choose, I love bread, like a big bakery bread. Oh my gosh. Like I love it, <laughs> but, I oh my gosh. Yes, but I cannot do it. So it's like, like you said, inclusive for everyone and making it easy. And it's, I like, I have good friends that we go to, to their house for dinner and I have to ask them what they're going to make so I can eat before because of the gluten thing. And I feel like, so these are my good friends, but I still feel so, you know, like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, and it's like, that's the first, especially as a woman, I feel like sometimes our first instinct is, oh, I'm so sorry to be like, sorry for who we are, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and really, gluten is just not made for our bodies. So the fact that it's so normalized, it's in everything, it makes it really hard for people, which 
which leads back to why we did want to create something that was inclusive because there's so many people that have some type of allergy issue, you know, yeah. especially nowadays, just like you, there's so tons of people that can't are intolerant to gluten because it's just not made for our bodies, you know? Yeah. So we, we really just wanted to create a machine that would represent the people. Snickers and all these, all this junk food that is only for a small group of people who are okay with consuming that. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and to add, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Just to add on to that, what we consume directly plays a role in our bodies, how we feel physically, how we feel mentally. So that's why it is extremely important to be cautious and be knowledgeable about what you are consuming. And, and that's why with our vending machine, we took it a step further so that people know what they're consuming. They won't have to look or research. Everything is clearly labeled. And that was the purpose for that. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. And, and like you said, like, you know, I'm not, you know, my, I have three kids, like, do they eat candy? hundred percent. They eat candy. I'm totally fine with them eating Snickers and M&Ms or whatever they want every once in a while. But they, like you said, like it correctly, it directly corresponds to how they feel. And my kids, I am the mom that wants my kids to figure that out for themselves. I strongly believe as an, I was a teacher for 14 years, I have a master's degree in education. And as an educator, like I've always believed that you have to um, support and, you know, scaffold children, but at the same time, they're not going to truly get something and learn something until they do it themselves. And so there has been times where my kids like, you know, ate like 15 cookies and then they're like oh god I don't feel well and I'm like weird I wonder why huh Mm -hmm. yeah they'll be able to tell right away I think what you're doing is good because you feed them a healthy diet most of the time but you know you don't restrict them and say oh you can't eat this so they learn on their own this doesn't feel good when I eat this yeah and that's the vending machine is so just like um I felt that I've been feeling a lot this way about uh fast food restaurants too lately is that they're they automatically vending machines and fast food restaurants have this automatic um, thought from people, this judgment that they're, you know, unhealthy and you shouldn't go there or you shouldn't have them. But the truth of the matter is that if we're, if we truly believe um, health for all, uh, there's so many societies and so many neighborhoods and so many um, groups of people that that is what they have access to. And to automatically yeah. say mm-hmm. that they shouldn't eat there is like saying it's like automatically feeding into this classist America where you're making these judgments. And it's like, well, instead of saying those are bad and you shouldn't eat there, how about just offering healthier things, options? Because I think fast food places and vending machines are wonderful options for people that A, need to grab something quickly, B, cannot afford the fancy stuff at so many mm-hmm. other places. Yep. And C, don't exactly have access right to there. Them. Exactly right there. And that's also a major issue is that you have these fast food restaurants. You can feed your kids. You can feed your five kids for $12. But if you want to buy some fruit, you get a little bit of fruit for the same amount of money. So it's just been made so inconvenient for people to be healthy. And that's really, like you said, the classism. It's like the poor people now have... Crap food. I don't want, I don't know if I can curse on this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Curse away. <laughs> you know, we're from New York, so it's just like natural. But, you know, it's just, it's a really bad cycle that's continuing. And 
vending machines make it convenient. Like we want these to be in, in every school. We want kids to have access to these options, not just Snickers, not just Twix. Tasty, to show people you can eat tasty snacks that aren't going to harm your body or hurt your brain or hurt your mind, help hurt your development, which is, Absolutely. you know, just, just like you, you have three kids. I'm sure you know that the, the lunches that they feed these kids at school, it's just not acceptable what they're well, giving these kids. A hundred percent. We are actually extremely lucky that our school district has their lunches are wonderful. My kids get, so um, we have a central kitchen, we have a garden, we have all these things. Um, we are very, oh, wow. very, very lucky and very blessed. And I was a teacher for 14 years. I taught in an extremely low socioeconomic district for my first part of my teaching career. And then I taught in a very high socioeconomic district and the disparities between the two are disgusting. Um, it's very challenging for me to see. So I know how blessed we are to have this. Um, my kids get free, our district used our uh, state funds to uh, provide free lunches for every child for the entire year. And my kids do participate in that, um, mostly because it's there, it's free, less work for myself. And I've seen the lunches and they're pretty darn decent. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the, the point is too, like what you were saying is, I also feel like, you know, being, part of my mission as I've, I've, as I've ex experiencing this vegan and plant-based world is to help people understand that this is accessible for all people. Do I some, do I myself sometimes get um, fancy, you know, um, snacks and stuff like that? Yes. I'm blessed. I can afford it. However, there are times where we look at our monthly budget and we're like, Nope, the fancy snacks are gone. Let's go back to some basics. And there should be access to healthy, wholesome food for all levels. It's not just, it, you know, being healthy should not be a classist thing. It shouldn't be. And it, it's, it's insane to me. It, it's insane. And, and being in Mexico has really opened my eyes. I don't know if people listening, I moved from New York to Mexico about two and a half months ago. And we have really moved to a plant-based diet. Buying just fruit and vegetables, we can eat for the whole week for like $25. Why wow. is fruit and vegetables so expensive in, in, for, in New York? It, it shouldn't be so expensive. This is what people need to live. Here, it's so cheap because it's a necessity. But now, in some places, they're making necessities so expensive, you know? Absolutely. And when Gab and I had that conversation, because we both are vegan, she's a little bit more plant-based. Um, so when she tells me her grocery bill is $25 and I'm looking at my $200 grocery bill and I'm like, okay, this isn't adding up because we're getting some of the same things. So that's why our missions definitely align because we're trying to make noise and just spread the message so that, you know, this kind of vending machine can be the new normal vending machine that provides new healthier options and and maybe school districts universally can have the same system where they do provide healthier options for students and, you know, the teachers or classmates, et cetera. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's why our mission is, is so big. It's so important. These machines should be in every school. These machines should be everywhere, you know, mm -hmm. like just everywhere. And that's the goal. Totally. That's the and, mission. Mm -hmm. And the thing that has um, part of the reason why I feel like I've just become more and more, um, wanting to look into this accessibility for all is just everything we've been through through this past year with COVID, you know, we've seen the statistics that this is affecting, um, this is affecting certain societies more than others. And everyone's like, oh, you know, it's affecting this. What 
but no one's doing anything about it. It's like, let's take a step back here and, and think about this. So you're saying, um, you know, low income neighborhood societies are being affected. Well, why do you think this? Well, look at the options they have for access to healthy food, access to healthcare, access to all these things. Why are we not, why are we sitting there saying, oh, wear your mask. You're going to, you know, that's what we have to do. Uh, no, actually, that's not what we have to do. What we have to do is take a step back and look at the reasons why people are being affected and being, you know, and, and, and are sicker and are dying. And let's think about the general health of populations here. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, it's just the numbers don't lie. You know, the numbers are extremely um, there. They're, they're in big, bright red letters. But I haven't, I've yet to see this a result of this be to, to help, you know, access to all these things that help drive a healthier human being. It's more what we can't do, you know? And it's like, it, it, it I mean, me. Yeah. I mean, if they wanted to help, they would have by now fruit and vegetables that comes from the ground. Mother nature has provided us all that we need, all that we need. And now you see fruit that is being sold seedless if you take one strawberry, one strawberry has hundreds of seeds. You know how many strawberries you can grow with that, but they don't teach planting. They don't teach gardening. There's no reason why one person should ever be hungry. Every, everything that nature has given us, an orange, everything has seeds in it. We can garden, we can create. It was made for that purpose, but they don't teach that. They modify these, ve these vegetables, these fruits to be seedless. You know, it's just what's going on here. Why, why are we, why are we hiding these from this from people? Yeah. Well, and that's just to me, the accessibility to, to make things equal, talk about equality. You know, if we really are going to talk about equality here, it's very simple. You know, that when you start with your food, it, things are so unequal right now with what people have access to. And, you know, it just, it makes me so sad because I, I mean, my mom um, grew up in the mountains of Greece and my mom was extremely poor. Uh, she didn't know if she would eat every day. I mean, she, they, they had five people lived in like a one room house. I've been to her village. Um, she was very, very, very poor. My mom was the first woman in her village to go to high school and the first woman to go to college. Um, my gr grandmother. That. That's amazing. Absolutely. Shout out to her. And she, I mean, she doesn't even know how old she is because my grandmother lied for her age to get her into school early. And back then they didn't have like, they don't, they didn't have like birth certificates, you know, like she was born on the floor in some house, like at some point, you know, she, <laughs> she has an idea of her age. But my point is, is that she has, she is the true, you know, American dream where she migrated, you know, she immigrated here as an adult and made a life for herself. And now my parents live an incredible life. And my mom's mission, you know, obviously before COVID is she used to volunteer at the homeless school down in San Diego. And, um, you know, she would do these monthly dinners and, you know, our homeless population is insane. And the, she would do help with the homeless school. They would host these monthly dinners and she would make like amazing healthy food for this homeless population. And it's like, look, if one, if, if we have volunteers that can do things like this, why isn't our, the higher powers and be like, make these things happen more. Like, I just don't get it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like pharmaceutical companies are benefiting off of the sick. They're making, they're making huge, huge gains. Um, and I see that with doctors, especially 
once people are sick, it's like, okay, what can we do to maintain? What, what medicine can we prescribe you that's not necessarily going to cure what's going on with you, but it's going to make it livable opposed to what are the preventative measures that you can take instead, you know, to not get to point Z. Right. And that's that's crucial. And it's like, what what can we do to spread that message so that more people are more focused on the preventative measures opposed to the medication that you'll have to take after things should hit the fan? Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hits the fan. Yeah. yeah, well, definitely. They really they don't they don't they just tell you the problem and then they give you this. OK, this life sentence. You have to take this pill every month for the rest of your life. My dad has diabetes, so that's kind of what he does. He takes his shot every day. And I'm like, Dad, the goal is not to keep taking the shot. The goal is finding a way that to change your diet so that you mm-hmm. don't have to take the shot. But his doctor, who's been his doctor for how many years, is not telling him this information. So here I am, his annoying daughter, you know, and he's going to listen to his doctor. I'm not a doctor. And it's just kind of this cycle that so many people are like caught in. Just keep taking the medicine, keep suppressing the symptoms, but not getting to the root of it, not actually healing why you even need a medication for the first place. Yes, which is why I think my husband is so lucky that he had this cardiologist who is different than so many out there that said, Hey, I treat a lot of my patients through dietary changes. And the truth of the matter is cardiovascular disease, diabetes, so many of these things can actually be reversed, you know, with dietary changes with movement Mm -hmm. of your body. Um, And that really should be the first step is before we, you know, do this long-term medication thing, like let's try and do some changes, you know, to help you get better. But you know, at the same time, it's hard because you have so many of these low income communities, these are essential workers, and they work their butt off. And by the time the end of the day comes, they are exhausted. And if they don't have the resources to help them easily make these changes, I totally understand why they don't want to make those changes, because it's hard. It's not easy. And we need to have these options, which is these vending machines, providing, you know, healthier options in fast food places, these are what's accessible. And I don't think, you know, putting this negative label necessarily is the right answer because this is what so many people have access to. And, you know, like you're working your butt off all day and there's a fast food place down the street from your house. Are you going to divert many miles away and go somewhere else to try and find a quote unquote healthier option? Or are you going to get that fast food, go home and spend time with your family? And I, I was just talking to someone about this yesterday. That's that's the issue. After working long days, people are exhausted, especially the ones that don't have that much money that are working for maybe minimum wage to have to feed their family. The end of the workday, they don't have energy to cook. They just want to eat and go to sleep because they have a long day the next day. Right. I mean, I don't have energy to cook and I am extremely blessed with having a husband who is very active and helpful and you know, like all the accessible things that I have. But I mean, I can only imagine, you know, what it's like. I mean, my mom growing up, like my parents growing up, I I did, I grew up, you know, my, there was a moment of my life where my parents, my mom said she cried every month they paid the bill. They were able to save money and buy a house with help from another friend that helped the down payment. But she would cry every month that they paid the bills because they did not know where they would be. And I didn't, both my parents worked full time growing up, there was no choice. I did not get the, the um, option of having a mom at home, which is why I work really hard to be able to do this side business so that I can stay home. But I can only imagine my, my mom, I look at her and I'm like, I don't know how you did half the stuff you do, because she was exhausted. 
you know, and I, that's the thing when it's convenience is so important, but we need Mm -hmm. to change that, that outlook of convenience to automatically mean unhealthy. Absolutely. So what are are some things that, um, you guys are going to have, like, I'm just so curious, like, what are some things that if I were to go up to a Vegemi vending machine, what are some things that are going to be inside? Do you have like specifics yet or just ideas? So as far as the snacks specifically that are in the machine? Yeah, I'm just curious, like what kind of snacks are you guys able to source and, um, and get and things like that? A bunch, honestly, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of options. Yeah, there's, there's a lot so of options. Many. Yeah, so how our structure for our business is that we allow other entrepreneurs to own their own machines, which is how the mission is going to grow globally. Um, and that entrepreneur has the decision on how they want to make the machine. If they want to make it a very healthy vegan machine, then they can do that. If they want to make it all vegan and all kosher, they can also do that. If they want to make it vegan junk food, they can do that too. So we provide the entrepreneurs with uh, about 80 snack list. And from there, they can make the decision uh, with what they want to put in their machine. Awesome. Um, For people that may like, honestly have no idea what would be in a vending machine. Can you give us some examples of some of the snacks that they could find inside? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So for, for some individuals we have, well, in all of the machines, we have snacks such as Oreos, which people are very familiar with, but they wouldn't assume that they are vegan. Yes. Oreos. We have healthier snacks such as, you know, fat free potato chips is a variety of brands. We have pretzels, we have cookies, um, a variety of snacks, really. It all depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, the complete cookie, the Vega protein bars, bada boom, but ba- yeah, bada boom, bada boom, love those. Yeah, uh, yeah, candies, yeah. chocolates. It's a variety of snacks. Yeah. There's the, the yum yums. It's like organic candy uh, made from fresh. Oh yeah, food, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my uh, make- my kids love those. The um, they love the um, yeah, they love those. They have we have a fun bunch of them here. Yep, those, uh, I'm trying to think. We, we change the snacks a lot. There's a lot mm-hmm. of snacks. So like off the top of my head, I'm trying to think. Yeah, uh, eating pumpkin <laughs> seeds. Yeah, nut, variety nuts. We have a few oh, things, awesome. yeah. Perfect. Made good yeah. bars. It's like a healthier version oh, of yeah. Rice Krispies. Those are I so good. I love Made Good, yeah. I love Made Good. I love their um, cookies too. And then their little... Um, the little mini ones. Um, mm-hmm. We have these mini yes. uh, balls. Those are so good. We yeah. have those in the machine as well. Mm-hmm. And we had hippies in there. I'm not sure if you heard of them, but Ooh, they're like... I love hippies. Yes. Hippies, <laughs> vegetable chips, uh, veggie sticks. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, those are awesome. So where would... So some of the places you mentioned them before, but um, where would these vending machines be what are some places where you could find them got it so variety of locations we have um malls you can find our veg meat vending machines in about four mall locations um but other target locations would be schools it could be auto body shops just certain places like that gyms anywhere that you would think you can see you know a vending machine apartment complexes office buildings all over yeah, awesome. the goal is really to replace old vending machines to be the new normal everywhere. 
but hospitals giving people better options inside hospitals is very important yes have vegan options in hospitals and that's where they need the options the most you know so we're, we're hospitals schools for kids um gyms nursing homes awesome. oh yeah that's another good one yeah yeah all those that's awesome um so like what are so when you guys you're saying like you know replace all the vending machines and so I'm sure I don't even know like who or what owns you know the regular vending machines so what are some of your challenges like what's your plan um things that you're coming up against that's been really hard you know because you know uh, teaching that whole thing about teaching an old dog new tricks like people are comfortable with what they have like what are you doing to you know have give people the idea of stepping out of their comfort zone and making these changes so I think the first thing is getting people familiar with with the snacks because Oreos as I mentioned before some people didn't even know that that was vegan so we have that in the machine to draw people's attention like hey come look come see what we have because you didn't even know that that was vegan so you can see what other options we have in there and then maybe it'll get them interested and once they're interested maybe they'll want to explore and then get a few different snacks that they're not too familiar with and then it builds from there maybe they'll tell a friend so we're trying to we're trying to expand this you know bit by bit person by person and we're trying to break the stigma that vegan snacks aren't tasty. So uh, we have an inventory manager and she's great. She knows her snacks. So she does her research and we try to fill the machine up and then tell our entrepreneurs, these are, these are really good snacks to put in the machine. They taste really good, whether they're healthy or they're not, but they're vegan. So yeah, just creating that, just getting rid of that stigma. Absolutely. Yeah, and because- just to add on to... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, just to add on to that, Christina, that's our inventory manager. Extensive research is done, you know, when it comes to what snack is going to be in the machine. And she is also a resource to our our um, partners who may have different snacks or found a snack and they're like, okay, this is vegan. I want to see if it fits any of your other um, allergy qualifications. So they'll send the snack over to Christina to be verified. And then they'll have the opportunity to feature it in their machine as well. So all, all snacks, we're trying to, we're trying to really build our list and make it healthy and delicious. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Mm -hmm. I love that because like, you know, in this, plant-based vegan world I think so many times people think that um oh you just eat vegetables it's like well no not necessarily I mean we do eat vegetables but like you know vegetables aren't just eaten like steamed or raw you know you can do so much with nuts and seeds and plants there's so much you can do I mean just look at my website like so many people are looking at it they're like that's just made from plants it's like absolutely you know people just have the stigma that eating plant-based food means you're eating salad. And I mean, I'm the first person to raise my hand and say like, I love salad as an appetizer, but mm-hmm. unless, <laughs> it's like, unless it's like a bowl with like stuff in it, like I'm not eating a salad for dinner. Like I'm just not gonna, you know, I need like- stuff, Yeah, you need like, food. You know? Yeah. So People think they I'm, just eat lettuce and ice. <laughs> right. So that's like, that's the thing, it's breaking that stigma. Uh-huh. And also what you said about Oreos, people, I love that idea. like putting something in that people are familiar with. And you're like, actually, you know, when people say, well, oh, I don't eat vegan food. It's like, well, actually you do eat a lot of vegan food because you ate French fries, you eat yeah. Oreos, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, well, 
a lot of things actually vegan just means without animals. And that's why I try and use the term plant-based more because I feel like people understand that a little better. You know, it's just, it means that, you know, I know they're a little bit different um, in general, but I think people have that stigma, like you said, that, oh, you don't eat anything with animals. It must just be vegetables. It's like, no, there is a lot of things that you also eat that you don't realize you're eating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I relate to that directly because I can't even count on one hand how many times I've introduced myself, told an individual, hey, I'm vegan. And they were like, oh, how's that grass tasting? Right. Or how's that? Grass? (laughs) And I'm like, wow. Okay. So you, you do not know. You do not know. When I transitioned into veganism, that's when I really was able to explore with different foods. And that's when I, I feel like I looked into recipes, looked into different kinds of meals. And it was like a whole new world opened a whole new world of food that was there the whole entire time opened up to me. So yeah, that's I feel is that there. on a spiritual level, Ari, because before I went vegan, I would have never tried all these greens, all these beans. Oh, that rhymed. <laughs> but all, all these different colored foods, all these different colored fruits. And it just, it, it changes your taste buds. It opens up, it opens up a whole different world. Yes, I totally agree with both of you on that. I mean, I had to change our, you know, I consider, you know, we were fairly healthy eaters before, but my husband's body, you know, not being able to process animal products, um, because it made him sick, like we had to make all all of our favorites, I had forget not we, he can't make anything but pasta. We (laughs) had to eat a new way. So I had to recreate all of our favorites in a different, you know, with different ingredients. And I, you know, I had to do that as a necessity for my husband that I wanted to be alive for a really long time, you know, and healthy. And so It's the creation, like you said, opening yourself up to um, this creativity was basically the, is basically the bottom of my business. Like that is how my business has been built because I have to make all of our favorite foods all over again. Like I just created a couple of weeks ago, a shepherd's pie. and (gasps) I did not even like, I didn't even eat like regular shepherd's pie because I grew up Greek and I didn't have exposure to that. But my neighbor is straight up from England. She moved here not even kidding you, you guys, two weeks before the everything shut down. So she moved her entire family across the world and then everything shut down. So we got to know each other really well, our neighborhood, because we were like, come to us. Let me give you some wine. This is awful for you. And so I created the shepherd's pie and I gave her taste test after taste test after taste test until she ate it and said, this is amazing. And it's all made from plants. So it's like, people look at it and they're like, how? And I'm like, you just, Mm -hmm. you have to be creative. Absolutely. That's key. And what's hilarious about that. And I just gasped for some reason. I have my shepherd's pie in the fridge ready to go for lunch. I made shepherd's pie. uh, And yeah, it's serious because I I never would have made shepherd's pie you know, before. And it's really once I started experimenting with these ingredients, these recipes, it's like, okay, let me try it. Yeah. Well, and I feel, you got, you got to try a hundred percent. And I just feel too, like we are, we are such creatures of habit just in general. And when something is different and new, um, it's scary. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. having, like you said, having those Oreos in the vending machine to give this familiarity and to let people kind of dip a toe in and say, Hey, okay, well maybe this isn't as scary. It's the same, like, you know, for me, I feel like in people in general, like we tend to stick to what we know 
And being a recipe developer now, and you know, this is the base of my business, I have stepped a lot of my comfort zone to create things from different cultures. And I mean, I'm Greek, I grew up with all Greek food. And of course, I have, you know, all my mom's recipes, I'm recreating plant based, and I have so many of them on the site. But like, you know, food like, you know, like Thai food, and, you know, shepherd's pie, and certain things that are out of my comfort zone, this has forced me to step out and forced me to dive into other cultures and dive into diversity and more of that kind of stuff. And food is meant to bring people together. So it's, um, I love it. I love it. I love all of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. This has just been so awesome. I really thank you guys so much for coming here, telling your story, telling us more about it. I can't wait to um, get this out there for people to see. Um, I just, I think it's awesome. And I absolutely love it. And thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for having us. We we look forward to this being a global business. We are open. Basically, we have our hands open and welcoming with open arms to any entrepreneur that is looking to start their own vegan vending machine business. They can definitely reach out to us to inquire about a vegan a veg me machine so that we can and get I, this all over. Yeah, I will have all the links in the, because um, I do a, I don't do a transcript for my podcast. I actually do a keyworded um, blog post and it lives on my website. So um, I will have all your links in here um, for people. And I will make sure to put that in there that, you know, if you're interested in starting this, this is going to make opportunities for so many people. And I feel like, especially at this moment in time where there's so many people that have lost their livelihoods that have been, you know, just lives have been taken away from them. Like what a great opportunity. Um, to, you know, have something that is your own and, you know, start getting your, your business and life back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. This is about health. Yeah. Awesome. Residual income. Bring income for people. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I just want to point out another synchronicity. Not only is it the 55th episode, it is also May 5th. So five, oh five. Oh my gosh, yes, so that's we like are. a lot of synchronicity. <laughs> yes. I noticed that at the beginning and I was like, I'll, I'll bring this up at some point. So. <laughs> I love this. I love that. That's so awesome. We are recording on five, five and this is episode 55. That is, I love things like that. That's so good to me. <laughs> yep, so we're on the right path, guys. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you guys and everyone listening. Thank you so much for being here and listening to my podcast. Um, if you love what you hear, please go rate, record, um, rate and leave a review on uh, if you listen with the purple Apple one that helps get my podcast out there so that I can share stories like this. The more my podcast is out there, the more information for all of you, the more my guests can get their missions out there. And it's just an all around amazing thing for everybody. Um, and I appreciate you listening. And make sure you tune in next episode um, where we're going to be talking with a new guest all about willpower. So that's going to be another fun one. But overall, thanks, everybody. And thanks, ladies, for being here. It just, it's been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you.